The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. We then uh, uh, call this meeting to order and we'll start with uh, roll call. Okay, roll call. Chair Piotrowski. Here. And you're in. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, I'm in uh, Lathrop Village, Oakland County, Michigan. Okay. Vice Chair Hammond. Present, uh, participating from Lathrop Village, Michigan in Oakland County. And Secretary Thompson. Board Member Fox. Board Member Julieza. Attending from Lathrop Village, Oakland County, Michigan. Board Member Cantor. Present here in Lathrop Village, Michigan, Oakland County. And Board Member Stansberry. Present here in Lathrop Village, Oakland County, Michigan. Thank you, Mr. Chair. You have a quorum. Okay, thank you. We'll move on to uh, the first item on the agenda, which is approval of the agenda. Is there any questions, comments, or I'll make a motion to approve the agenda? Second. Those in favor? Roll call. Board Member Fox. Board member Hammond. Yes. Board member Julieza. Aye. Board member Cantor. Yes. Chair Piotrowski. Yes. Board member Stansberry. Aye. And board member Thompson. Motion carry to approve the agenda. Okay. So we'll move on to the next item on the agenda, which is the public hearing for the primary caregiver overlay district ordinance. Excuse me, Mr. Chair. I'm sorry to um, chime in, but are you guys going to excuse the two people who are not present this evening? I um, just before you before you do that, I did hear from Anna. She um, she has class tonight, which is why she is not in attendance. I did not, however, hear from Will. I'll make a motion to uh, excuse Anna Thompson from the meeting. Second. Okay. Those in favor? Yeah. And I'll call roll again, and that will be uh, Chair Piotrowski. Aye. This is to excuse and. Vice Chair Hammond. Yes. And Board Member Julieza. Aye. And Board Member Cantor. Yes. And Board Member Stansberry. Aye. And Board Member Fobbs, did he come on yet? No? Okay. Motion carried to excuse Secretary Anna Thompson. 
Thank you. Okay. Um, I guess we'll move on to item four, public hearing, primary caregiver overlay district ordinance. Checking here to see if we have any um, parties in the audience. Guess we'll officially open the public hearing. Um, uh, we ask that any participants who would care to, uh, I guess, address the commission on this particular issue uh, um, um, when given or provided permission to um, address uh, the council and the commission that we uh, uh, give your, state your name uh, your address, the location where you are um, attending from, and uh, we have a, what, three-minute limit? And Mr. Chairman, if we could ask anyone in the audience who wishes to address um, this body, if they would either raise their hand or um, enter a question in the chat room. Okay. And if there is, um, I guess to start this off, if there isn't an initial question, is there any uh, introduction we need to provide uh, to the public before we uh, go ahead and entertain questions or? There is, I'd be happy to do it. Scott, if you wanna maybe do the first introduction, I can do the language for the ordinance. Yeah, so let me, um, okay. So what this, uh, this is here the, tonight, this is an over, uh, just a brief overview of this uh, amendment to the zoning ordinance and the purpose of it. Um, this deals with primary caregivers under the 2008 legislative ballot language. Uh, currently in the city, there are no regulations pertaining to these, these particular users which uh, means that they can operate anywhere within the city without any guidance or oversight from the city, no regulation other than what's identified in the 2008 act, which is not a lot. So um, this had come to the attention of the city and with the city moving forward with recreational marijuana and medical marijuana, uh, it made sense to do this, to do this now. And uh, not only does it provide a framework for for regulation similar to what is going to be applied to users that uh, potential users for recreation or medical marijuana but it's also going to identify an area within the city where these particular uses will, will be accepted where um, where we can uh, fit them in and with appropriate conditions to, for doing that to minimize the impact on the adjoining businesses and the adjoining neighbors um, so so you have had an opportunity. It's, this has been provided you before in your packet. Um, I guess if there's any, again, we'll open it up to public comment because uh, the public hearing is still open. And if there's no comments from the public, then we can move forward with the um, the overview from from Jill and and then questions from the planning commission. Not 
seeing any hands being raised or any questions being posted at this point. So this will make motion to close the uh, close the public hearing. You don't actually have to make a motion to close it. You can just note that it's been closed and then move okay. on to the next item. We'll officially close that portion meeting here and we'll, I guess, move on to just the overview. All right. Um, now I have a PowerPoint um, that I sent ahead to the city last week. Um, and I believe it was posted on the city's website in case there were members of the community that were interested in understanding this a little bit in a little bit more detail. I don't know. Um, I can I can do that for you here um, and I can maybe go through it quickly just to, for the benefit of any public that is in attendance, um, although most of it will be a repeat for the for all of you because I've kind of gone through it before, but I can go through it a little bit more quickly if you'd like. I think that makes sense, Jill. Okay. All right, so, oops, I moved this. All right, can you still see that? Yep, I've got the uh, presentation, yep, on my screen. It says my sharing is, screen sharing is paused. I don't know what that means. Oh, resume share, okay, because I moved it. I moved the screen so that I could look at you instead of off to the side. Um, okay, so we've talked through some of the differences in some of the terminology. Um, between marijuana or cannabis, and we've talked about um, moving to the term cannabis consistent with industry um, as it's emerging, but also to reflect um, some of the um, negative connotations associated with the, with the words marijuana. Um, we, you'll remember that there are three laws in the state of Michigan that pertain to uh, marijuana or cannabis, those are the Medical Marijuana Act, the Medical Marijuana Facility Licensing Act, and the Regulation Taxation of Marijuana Act. So with the first one from 2008, um, this allowed uh, the state to register primary caregivers, and then uh, those registered caregivers could serve qualifying patients um, up to five, um, those who are prescribed uh, from a doctor. Um, that allows the qualifying patients themselves to grow 12 plants for their personal use. And it also allows the registered caregivers um, to also grow and sell limited amounts of cannabis for their qualifying patients. Again, they can serve up to five patients and they can grow plants for themselves. So that means that they can grow a maximum of 72 plants. So the state law, um, said that caregiver grow operations were like any other permitted uses, um, that zoning cannot entirely exclude them. Um, however, the city is able to uh, adopt ordinances that comply with those three acts pertaining to cannabis. Um, primary care caregivers shall be permitted, um, and the city can choose whether to permit those other uh, marijuana facilities. Um, in terms of primary caregivers, the city is not able to regulate how many registered caregivers are permitted in the community, um, but there are regulations um, or the city may have regulations on 
the other types of marijuana facilities permitted by the MMFLA and the MRTMA, which should be that. Um, and they can, you can do this through zoning. So you can have reasonable local zoning regulations, however, that apply to registered caregivers and all of the other cannabis facilities as well. Um, primarily, uh, most communities now are recognizing, um, thanks to the Michigan Supreme Court ruling last year, that a community may adopt zoning standards to regulate primary caregiver uses um, provided that it doesn't prohibit or penalize the cultivation of medical marijuana and the municipality does not impose regulations that are unreasonable and inconsistent with regulations established by state law. So essentially, um, communities aren't able to zone out effectively this type of use. Um, and there's different ways that that can happen, um, whether or not providing any area for it um, or making it very difficult to find a parcel where this would be permitted. Some of the other things that we can address through zoning include some of these items that we've got listed here, interior and exterior improvements, visibility, safety, um, and waste management. Uh, so for this proposed zoning amendment, as city attorney outlined uh, the need to regulate primary caregivers, um, we do see um, that indoor cultivation, which is primarily where this happens when it's um, occurring in residential areas, requires large quantities of water and electricity. Um, frequently, grow lights are running all day long into the evening. Um, and right now, because the zoning ordinance is silent on this regulation, uh, they can really be anywhere right now, including residential neighborhoods. Um, so in thinking about how we would regulate this type of use in the city, we thought um, that really there's really no reason why these are consistent or compatible with, with residential uses in residential districts. So that was one area that we wanted to, to make sure that they're not provided in. Um, but even though they do have a commercial use of electricity, water, and other utilities, they are fairly low intensity in terms of traffic and parking. Um, and that low intensity nature is more similar to office uses um, in the office district, primarily located on 12 mile road. 12 Mile Road is a major thoroughfare. It does have limited cut through access into the city's residential neighborhoods. So some of the standards that would apply for primary caregivers through the zoning amendment is that the ordinance will require a minimum of 750 feet per care of floor giver, uh, floor area per caregiver operation um, and allow up to three caregiver operations in one building. Um, each building or each operation must be enclosed and secured. There's no outdoor growing permitted. And the facilities have to be designed and maintained similar to other buildings in the district. So essentially, the city is saying that these uses may go in this district, but from all uh, respects, when driving down 12 Mile Road, there really should be no difference in appearance between a building that has primary caregivers and one that does not. Again, outdoor storage is permitted. Out, um, odor from the operation shall not be discernible outside of the caregiver facility. That was something that we talked about with the Planning Commission um, when we first discussed this at our last meeting. Distribution on site is prohibited. Consumption on site is prohibited. Alcohol on site is per prohibited. Signs are prohibited. Um, but in permits, our inspections are required. So we'll do that to make sure that, um, that these facilities are adequately um, designed uh, to allow for the growing of, of the cannabis while not creating 
issues with pests, mold, mildew, odors, um, as well as then to make sure that um, going forward that there's no noise or dust or vibration, glare and fumes that are associated um, as typical nuisances that we would regulate in the zoning ordinance. Um, we also want to make sure that interior construction and design um, doesn't impede the, any current or future use of a building for other uses as permitted in the office district. Uh, site plan review will be required for all caregiver facilities. And then this is our next step. We're having the public hearing and then action will follow. To, now I can stop. Okay, so with that, um, some of the changes since the last time the Planning Commission um, and City Council had a chance to take a look at this. Um, we did note, we had some discussion with council at the meeting at the study session on Monday about um, additional school properties um, and the uh, realization that there's another school in the city of Southfield, a charter school on the north side of 12 mile east of Southfield Road. Um, once we put that in place with the buffer requirements that we had originally um, imposed with this standard, um, we lost more, more parcels, almost half probably, of the parcels that we had originally thought we would have available in the office district. Um, so in further study with this, um, we were we did look at other communities. Um, it's hard to find somebody that's exactly the same as Lathrop Village in terms of its size, um, its configuration, and its um, effort to regulate this use in this way. Um, it does seem though that a buffer maybe isn't necessarily required in this case. And so um, only for this use, as you know, we've been talking about the regulation of other cannabis facilities um, in the city. Um, there's no change at this time for the buffer requirements for those, but for the primary caregivers in as much as there are no buffers currently and they're allowed in residential districts um, in an effort to get them out of the residential districts and give them ample opportunity in the office district, we're proposing to remove the buffers at this time. So that was really the main um, change, I think, since our last conversation. Looking through it. Um, yeah, I think that was all. So I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. So any any uh, caregiver that would want to uh, get approval from city council to operate under this ordinance, well, it, it's by right, right? So it's all right. the, the, there's no restriction on the number, it's uh, but there is restriction on the location that it's got to be in the office district. Correct, and it will need site plan review by the planning commission. Well, there is there is to some degree a, a, a limit on the number, right? Because it's three per facility maximum. Right. Right. There's limits on the number of caregivers that can operate any single facility, but there's no mm -hmm. overall limit caregivers right. uh, that can operate in the city other than what's limited by the offices in the office district that house them. Okay. That's the only question I had. Jill, if you eliminate the buffer, does it mean it can now be in residential? No, it's only in the office district. Only in, just as just long as it stays in the office district. Correct. Do you, do you think there's going to be an issue if there's no buffer for this, but there's buffer for the other two that there'll be a conflict that somebody may bring up? 
Scott, do you want to answer that one? Yeah, no, and I really don't think there is. And part of our discussion around this was the, the rationale behind the buffer uh, is, is primarily to address those um, retail type uses where you're having people coming in and out. Uh, there's, there's a lot of product being transferred, the potential for product to be transferred to school-age children or school-age children to watch the product being transferred. This this particular use, there's no on-site. There's it's not a retail use. There's no on-site. There's no traffic in and out of it. Um, if they comply with all the other components of this ordinance, um, you could walk by it and, and you're not going to smell it. You're not going to know what's there. Uh, it's going to be a, a very low intensity type of use. And that and that was ultimately why we decided to uh, eliminate the buffer requirement for for this particular use. Okay. Jill Charo here. Removing the buffer, did we, was there an attempt to reach out to that particular school to assess the reaction? No, we did not. And that would be the city of, of Southfield? Correct. And what are typically these standard protocols for cities that might be involved in this sort of arrangement? Um, well, it depends on the use. I mean, you raise a good point. Um, it is, there are times when communities will confer with the other communities or make an advisement that, hey, we're making a change on our border that we share. Um, although in this case, I think it's a little bit different because all of us have to allow these uses, the primary caregivers. So not only um, does this, I mean, we have them now in the residential neighborhoods, which, um, you know, could end up being very proximate to a school. Now, in that case, with that particular one, no, but perhaps near the high school, there could be another situation where there's a home right next to the high school in which this use is taking place. So it didn't seem that it was it was a necessary effort. And just as a, a point of a hypothetical, if we if we retain the buffer, if you had a if we had a buffer and there was a facility, whether inside or outside the uh, outside uh, Lathrop Village, and um, this situation would create a, a, a situation where properties might no longer be available for a school type purpose or uh, another purpose that needed to remain outside of that zone? Does it work in that direction? Um, and would that have been a concern? Okay, so let me see if I understand your question. If, if we were limiting um, an area based on a current school that was in place today, but then next year the school went away, does that open up that parcel? Uh, that's another way of looking at it as well. Or does the would would the placement of, of a, a facility of, of a facility uh, uh, a caregiver facility, or we could go outside of that and talk about the other facilities as well, um, prohibit uh, uh, a school from occupying a space that no that would be within the zone. Right. So if we had a buffer in place. And there wasn't a school, but we had a cannabis facility and then a school wanted to go in next door. Um, that's it, usually the ordinance is whatever is in place at the time. 
So if a new school came along, it would be a good idea for them to understand what uses are around them, but mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't prohibit the school from locating there. Um, and it wouldn't prohibit the cannabis facility from continuing to be there because okay. they were there first. All right. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Good. Okay. Well, well, I guess at this point we can move on to the next item on the agenda, the new business, which is uh, the primary caregiver overlay district. And um, we're looking uh, for planning commission uh, action to uh, advise the city council on whether we uh, recommend approval or denial of the primary caregiver overlay district. So if there are no further questions, given the presentation that we've received today, um, we'll entertain a motion to uh, uh, recommend uh, approval. Yeah, so I'll, I'll recommend uh, approval of a adjustment to city ordinance, amendment to the city ordinance uh, to uh, allow for the primary caregiver overlay district as written in the proposed language of the ordinance amendment. I second. Okay, those in favor? Roll call. Roll call. Board member Fives. Aye. Board member Hammond. Yes. Board member Julieza. Aye. Board member Cantor. Yes. Chair Piotrowski. Aye. Board member Stansberry. Aye. Motion carried. Okay, we'll move on to the next item on the agenda, which is public comment. Not hearing any comments or seeing any hands being raised. We'll move on to, um, we'll entertain a motion for adjournment. Make a motion to adjourn the planning commission meeting. Second. Those in favor? Aye. Right, you're adjourned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adjourned. Um, I'll call to order the Lather Village City Council. Madam Clerk, could you take roll call, please? Yes. Roll call, Mayor Garrett. Here. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Here. Oh, and uh, Lather Village, Michigan, oh. Oakland County. That's right. Sorry. And Council Member Ferguson. Council Member Siddiqui. Here, Lathrop Village, Oakland County, Michigan. And Council Member Stallings. You're on mute, Donna, if you're there. Nothing. I'm here. And okay. Mary Hess. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Thank you. Uh, Madam Mayor, you have a quorum. In Oakland County, um, take a motion to for the approval of the agenda. Uh, can we make a motion to excuse Councilman uh, Ferguson first, please? Go ahead. I'll make the motion. <laughs> I'll make a motion to. Oh, did you already make it? Yeah, no. just second me. Second. It's been moved and second. Can you take a roll call, please? Yes. Roll call. Um, Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Councilmember Siddiqui. Yes. Councilmember Stallings. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. Motion carried to excuse Councilmember Ferguson from this meeting. Thank Make you. a motion to approve the agenda. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Councilmember Siddiqui. Yes. Councilmember Stallings. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. Motion carried to approve the agenda. Thank you. New business, primary caregiver overlay districts. Who would like to uh, present it? City attorney. Scott, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Anybody? I can. Um, so every, all the council members were present during the planning commission meeting. Uh, they heard the overview given by myself and Jill. Um, <clears throat> for the sake of this meeting introduction, again, briefly, this is uh, a proposed amendment to the zoning ordinance that would create an overlay district specifically for uh, primary caregiver under the 2008 um, Voter Initiative Medical Marijuana Act. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, that's <laughs> quick introduction. Unless there's any questions, we can go, we can go over it again. Well, I just want to make sure that I understand that this is your this is being um, presented to us to approve without a buffer from schools in here, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Who would like to make that motion? Yeah, I'll make I'll make a motion to approve an ordinance to amend the city of uh, Lathrop Village zoning ordinance art, article two uh, to add definitions for cannabis facilities article three uh, to add licensed primary giver facilities as permitted uses and to add article four to add specific standards for licensed caregiver givers uh, will be effective upon uh, publication. Second. It's been moved and. Seconded. Is there any discussion? Uh, I do. I just have a quick question. Can you hear me? Yep. I I just this I'm not feeling the um, non-buffer for the schools. Um so I just wanted to say that I, I think that it is important um to have the buffers for the school so i just wanted to to say that so i'm in full agreement with you so that's why i was going to ask you about the suggested um, motion um should these be done individually or do these have to be done all together? 
because you're going to be in a deadlock because I can tell you ahead of time, I'm not going to vote for it without buffers in place. And now you only have, you have even amount of uh, council people here. Well, I mean, I and I'm assuming Councilwoman Stallings is not going to vote for it either. So, no. um, well, I guess, can, can I ask why, what the concern is with the buffer? What, why the uh, hesitation, if it's not, it's not a retail use, um, and there, there is no in and out. There, there won't be any odor. There won't be any transferring of it. Um, I guess I just, I, I'm not following the concern over the, the requirement for the buffer. And I, I would say more, more importantly, Scott, the, the fact that there, there's no buffer right now. So there, there could be a primary caregiver that's within 100 or 200 feet of the school at this point, because there, there are houses that are that close and they could be primary caregivers. Well, one I will say this, not to be totally um, who I really am, is because that's, I mean, I, it, it's not where I'm required to agree with it, <laughs> but I don't agree with it because I think that we do need to have a, a buffer to the schools. I know what it says for the law. It also says don't speed down Southfield Road and people still do it. So it's not, uh, that doesn't give me comfort to say that they won't be transferring something outside of um, a business um, in front of the school. And I feel comfortable, or I would be able to sleep better at night knowing that I try not to have marijuana around, uh, even under the guise of medical around children. That's my thoughts. Councilwoman Stallings, did you wanna give your thoughts behind it? I mean, I don't know if it's really, well, you wanna give your thoughts behind it? And that, those are my thoughts behind it. I'm not, um, this, this too, by the way, is simply to vote on um, the ordinance, not necessarily um, the businesses that are coming. Is that correct? Um, That's correct. This I've, has been been out for, on I've been out on, pardon me? This is just for the primary caregiver facilities, and this would um, remove them from the residential neighborhoods where they currently are mm -hmm. able to locate um, with no buffer. And concentrate them in one area of the city um, okay. where they'd be regulated. Primary caregivers who have responsibility for no more than five. Correct. Patients. Correct. Correct. Except yeah. that in one building, you could have three caregivers. And obviously, if each of those has five patients, now we have 15, but um, there's no distribution on site. Okay. So this, this is strictly for the primary primary caregivers with five or less patients, but I'm still... Um, I still, I just, Kelly, you, you explained it. I would just say, um, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think, you know, there's no, there's no retail, there's no in and out as Scott and Jill explained. Um, I don't have a concern with, with allowing a facility with no buffer. Um, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't see a problem with it. I think we need to give them a place to go. I think we don't, if we do, if we provide some kind of buffer, they're very limited and they might not have any place to locate within the city. If we're, if we're keeping them in the office space uh, location. Yeah, the, so. the, or, I'm sorry, the ordinance also gives us the ability to control it. Whereas if we, if we turn down the ordinance, then we have no control over it whatsoever. No, well, we can um, continue with the discussion or would you like to take the vote? Let's take the vote. 
I don't think anyone's changing their mind. So might as well vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, Madam Mayor, I believe Ian's in the process of hello. Yeah. Thank you. Go ahead with the roll call. Hello. You're here, Ian. I'm not I don't have video though. Sorry. I'm not sure. No worries. Why, why, why don't we why don't we update Ian what's going on? Um, we are in the middle of taking the vote for allowing um or uh, taking the vote for I'm sorry, the motion of to approve or deny an order, uh, ordinance to amend the city of Lather Village zoning ordinance, articles two to add the definitions for cannabis facilities, articles three to add licensed primary caregiver facilities as permitted uses and to article four to add specific standards for a licensed caregiver. And this will be effective upon publication. And um, we just did the discussion and we were about to, oh, and then this is going to be um, as it's presented without the buffers to, without buffers period. Do you have okay. any questions if you want around this? Without buffers, what do you mean buffers? So there will be no buffers between um, the facility and schools, or there was something else regarding the schools and something else. Scott, what was the other thing? Uh, originally, so with the other uses, uh, retail use and medical marijuana uses, it's being proposed and recommended that there be a buffer between schools, uh, shelters, parks um, and potentially uh, in the discussion is uh, religious organizations. Um, because this is not a retail use, this is a, a simply a grow facility that, that doesn't have any transfer of product on site. Uh, the recommendation from myself and Jill was to move this forward without uh, any sort of buffer restrictions and, and the rationale behind that. As I indicated, one is that it's not a retail use and two, uh, the implementation of buffers, even a, even a reduced buffer distance, essentially um, eliminates all viable parcels in the office overlay district, uh, which has the effect of zoning this use out of the city, which uh, opens the city up to being uh, potentially having uh, legal challenges and having those, those uses being located in any zoning district, including uh, the possibility of residential. And the discussion around it was for both myself, Councilwoman Stallings, that I'm uncomfortable with not having any buffers to the schools. Um, so that's where we're at. And we we're about to take roll call for it. And, I think and what's, the, what's the reasoning behind your um, apprehension? I believe that and this is what, and I'll say I'm going on intuition that you can say whatever is going to be in place that there will be no transfer of product to anyone outside or, you know, where children won't say, won't see that. But we also know that people don't obey the law and they don't obey um, ordinances. And I think that that protects, um, if I was a parent, I wouldn't want, I, mean, I guess I am a parent, my bad, sorry. If I was a parent of a younger child, <laughs> of a younger child, that would make me feel, you know, uncomfortable with um, seeing the activity going back and forth. And if I saw anything in the parking lot, you know, it's just for me, I would feel uncomfortable. And so I'm taking it as from a more of a parental 
uh, aspect of it. But don't we have ordinances in place uh, to prevent that? And also, uh, don't we have don't we have alignment <clears throat> from the police department? No, that's what I'm saying. The buffer would be that. So again, I guess the way I'm taking it is um, as much as we all on this call could be law abiding as citizens and that we follow everything to the T in our ordinances, I just, you know, that's just how I feel. And I'm sorry that, you know, that it, it, it might not be what everyone else wants to hear, but that's just how I feel. And honestly, uh, let's see, Chief McKee is actually on the line if you would like to hear um, his opinion. Oh, sure. I'm sorry, Ian, can you repeat the question? I was listening to Kelly, but uh, I think I may have lost what you're actually looking for. No, um, my, I don't really have a concern. The, the, um, the statement I made was, um, don't we have alignment to, you know, basically uphold the law through the uh, police department. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's two different things, whether you have a buffer, uh, a legal buffer, or you're using the police department to enforce, you know, any actions people may be doing to violate uh, the law. I mean, again, we do our best to um, enforce you know, any criminal activity or any violations of law. Um, not that a buffer is going to stop that, but, um, you know, I think the mayor is concerned about children and having that buffer. So, uh, I mean, that's up to you guys on how you want to handle that. Yeah, Ian, the other, the other side of the discussion was, you know, was that, um, you know, right now we have no ordinance in place and primary caregivers can locate anywhere they want um, in the residential district. So we can have, um, you know, primary uh, um, primary caregivers right now that are within a couple hundred feet of the school. Um, and, you know, we, I feel anyways that, that this gives us the ability to control, um, you know, gives us some control over, over primary caregivers versus absolutely no control if, if we don't approve uh, some sort of ordinance. Right, I agree. I mean, we can't put the cart before the horse, which is what we've been working on for like a year or so now. I, yeah, I think yeah, these, I, these types of facilities, you know, they're not retail. And the, of course, I mean, the mayor is right. There's always a possibility somebody's not going to obey the law and, and do something. But I think the risk of this type of facility, you know, leading to those kind of actions is, is probably low and I think it's I think we should allow them to have allow these facilities to have some place to locate within the city if we don't then we're, we're zoning them out so that's kind of where I'm at I don't have a big I don't have any real concern about it Dr. Cheryl you had a uh, I'm sorry Chief McKee were you about to say something yeah I, I mean the ordinance is fantastic um, for the city so that way we can regulate it and put some controls on it with, especially with the odor, you know, having uh, the, the right filter filtration system. So, uh, you know, nuisances like the the odor that uh, uh, we smell throughout the city. I mean, by by at least zoning it and having them in a certain spot and being able to control, uh, have the planning commission look at it and have the plans approved and uh, the systems approved. 
um, yeah, it's definitely going to make it, uh, I think, better for every resident in Lathrop because right now, with having no control, there's no, there's nothing we can do about it, and we get complaints on a regular basis. I just had a question, and I don't know if Jill had looked at it. Um, if you know what the distance is from the office district to the closest school. I just responded to you. It's across the street. Okay. And you also said in our last meeting that there was a way that you could, um, and I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. I should have wrote it down was a way to not include the school in Southfield. Right, we had looked at um, saying that schools that were separated from the district by a major thoroughfare um, wouldn't count. Um, and, you know, at that point, there's still the buffer from the edge from the high school on the Western side. Um, and, it, it really seemed as though to have the sufficient amount of parcels to make it a reasonable ordinance, um, that that really isn't, wasn't even as critical. Um, I think kind of prioritizing more, getting the caregivers, uh, the primary caregiver uses out of the neighborhood and at least onto an area where it's known where they are, they're visible um, and it's, more, I, I think it would be easier, it's easier for law enforcement and Chief McKee might wanna talk about that. The difference between um, patrolling where you know where these uses are versus in the residential neighborhoods where you may not. So you're saying they are gonna be visible? I thought that, that was part of it, that they were not supposed to be visible. Well, they're gonna be known where they are because they're gonna have gone through site plan review. So they'll be, and they'll have business licenses. So we'll know where they are. Visible, saying. I meant in that way, but you're right. No, not in the way of like you're driving by and you'll go, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff coming out of the windows. Okay. Yeah, so I agree with Jill. I mean, have, having them have, you know, having the facilities be known and be licensed and, and be, uh, you know, be able to inspect them if need be, I think is the, is the way to go. And so basically what, what I'm, how I'm taking it is, is that unless we vote on it as is, then we're going against it. And that's not what I'm doing. I'm just asking for a minimum of a 500, 500 feet um, buffer. Councilwoman Stolle, any input? And, and honestly, I mean, you can beat a dead horse and you can vote on it, but I know that I'm not, I, I know I can't be against it. I'm not against it. Um, I just think that. What's the footage right now, as far as the buffer? Nothing. Nothing. Zero. So you, you're, you want 500 feet? Minimally. The minimum. And I think we talked about at the last meeting that having that buffer would put us at risk of effectively zoning them out because you're basically taking a small district and making it even smaller. So, I mean, I guess this is a question for, for Scott. I mean, aren't we putting ourselves at risk that way of, of creating a zone that can't really, that has limited ability to be implemented? 
Yeah, if there's, and I'm trying to pull up because I know Jill, <laughs> Jill did send me the the initial, uh, and I don't know if you have it on your screen, Jill, but the, the map, just so we could show what it looks like. Um, Let's see, I do. I mean, I have it if you, I don't think I can share it though. Oh, did you find it? Yeah. Thank you. Can you guys see my screen? Yep. Okay. Whoa. So it, it really all that's allowing is these three parcels right here would be would all that would all that would be allowed with with a buffer district. Um, and that was the thousand feet, and then five hundred across the major road. Yeah. This is this is with the the, the major road reduction. So. Um, it really, it, and that's the difference. That's what we're talking about. The difference between with no buffers, it's these blue parcels along the top. Mm -hmm. With the buffers, it's it's these three and a half parcels right here. Yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll leave my motion as is. Kelly, this is Will. Are we able to jump jump in with a comment or no? Um, it's still active um, uh, on the uh, the motion, but you know, why not? Go ahead. I was wondering, aren't we going to wind up running out of room anyway if we extrapolate this down the road? Because I, I'm just wondering how many slots are available in those buildings that we've designated, whether red or blue. And if we look basically two years down the road and more people want to do this and be caregivers, we're still going to have a space issue. The issue, the issue becomes whether it's not really how how much space we have or if we run out, it's whether or not we've provided an op a reasonable opportunity for this business to locate in the district, which we, we've uh, created for it. So if we um, create a district in, in we used to do this all the time as a city and it wasn't it wasn't right but it's what we did we had a c2 district where all of the uses that were undesirable and it was in basically bruce's backyard uh that parking lot of the chase bank was our c2 district so that was where the airports went that's where the farms went that's where the heavy industrial went because we had to have a spot for it um and you can't do that. So if we say, all right, we're allowing for this, but we're going to give you one parcel, two parcels to do it on, it's potentially opening the city up to challenges. Uh, and if 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 the court were to agree with the challenger, then the city would not be able to limit it to that district, uh, and that individual could locate in another district uh, wherever they felt it was appropriate. So, so it, it essentially has the same the same effect of us not doing anything if we if we limit them to a position where it, they really can't do anything anyway so um, i i you know our city's only so big uh, our office district as, as jill indicated is is uh, we've identified as being the primary uh the most appropriate place for most appropriate district for this type of use this type of intensity um, a lot of other communities with a light industrial district or an industrial district are putting these facilities in those districts um, we don't have that option. So uh, closest thing we have to that would be the office district. So right. And I had asked at our last meeting to also um, to give me an idea of what other cities did regarding um, 
the buffer score. Others did in, in the situation. Didn't, didn't Jill address that in the planning commission? Uh, yeah, we I looked, I did look um, because I knew that you had asked that question. And they really vary quite widely. Um, some communities are large enough that they can have a buffer, some are smaller, they don't have buffers, some are larger and don't have buffers either. Um, some permit them in industrial districts, some permit them in home in uh, neighborhoods still. Uh, some promote them and uh, permit them in agricultural districts. It's really across the board. So um, giggles, just you know, um, give me an idea of a smaller a smaller city with no industrial area. Did they have a buffer? Um, so I like so the village of Franklin. Um, they don't have anything at all. So they can be anywhere in the village. Uh, no buffers. They could be in residential. And that's a problem that a lot of communities have because um, this area was, was kind of overlooked. It, it came on the scene, um, some people got into it and then, and then the city, um, or the city, I should say, the state legalized medical marijuana and focused on regulations for medical marijuana. And that's what everybody shifted their attention to and, and allowing for these medical marijuana facilities and dispensaries. And that's when the city of Lathrop opted out uh, I'm sorry, they, uh, we didn't do anything. We didn't opt in because by default with medical marijuana, you were opted out unless you, you affirmatively opted in. So the city didn't do anything. We were opted out by default. And then came recreational marijuana. And so people started gearing up and focusing on recreational marijuana. Well now circle back and we found that there's an increasing problem where a lot of people have, um, because the state doesn't actually license these caregivers, it's simply a registry there's an issue in some other communities where individuals are registering multiple times as caregivers. And so they're turning these, uh, the, they're buying homes and turning them into grow facilities and they're far exceeding the, the number of plants. They're not utilizing any sort of air filtration. Um, oftentimes they're doing this without obtaining any sort of building permits or electrical permits. They're increasing um, the, the electrical consumption increasing the risk of fire. Um, and, and doing these all in residential. So a lot of communities are, are going back now and are starting to do what, what we're doing, creating an overlay district, putting them in an area, making them go through a site plan approval, get a business license, and then put standards on them so that um, they, aren't, they aren't just able to do whatever they want. They're, they're held to very similar type standards for, for the other, for the medical and for the recreational. So it's not a huge, I don't think it's a huge market. Um, I don't, I think most, you know, the, the most uh, interest that we're going to have, the, the people that are going to make the most money are going to be the, the provisioning centers and the medical and recreational. And that's where I think you're going to see, you know, to, to answer Will's question, that, that'll be what's at capacity, I think, before the caregiver um, district fills up, so. No, I mean, um, I appreciate you giving me a city. And that's what I was asking for, Bruce. And no, that was not stated in the planning commission that there was no city that I could um, visually in my mind think of. Uh, and maybe similar, I would say Franklin is probably, well, well, I don't know the sizes of it. That's what I was asking for, a specific city. Yeah, there, there, it's like like Jill said, it's kind of all over the board from what, and, and a lot of them, I mean, there's a big problem right now. I think it's West Bloomfield that's been in the paper. Mm -hmm. That they've got a, a huge issue with within their residential neighborhoods, and so 
they're looking at the same thing that, that we're doing right now. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. I have a few comments if I, if I may, and it's just a, a perspective on, you know, maybe the timing of this. Um, the corner of 12 Mile and Southfield used to be a church and school, which would have totally eliminated uh, this corner if with the buffer zone. Um, and so I'm not sure what we would have been doing. We would have been probably looking to entertain it in, a, in another location within, the, within the city. Too. What's that, Scott? I said it could have been a Walmart and they, you know, eventually they'll probably sell it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it, it, it doesn't, I, I guess the, the question that comes up in my mind is, is um, you, you have, a, a, you know, like a, the public school system where we had structured school locations that were part, personal, part of the community, as opposed to more of a, like a private school type setting, which, um, and private schools pop up in facilities that were not originally constructed as schools. Um, will they continue to be schools? Are they as permanent as schools are intended to be? Um, does, you know, does that create a situation where if you approve it with no, if we approve it with no buffers, are we in, are, are, Scott, are we in any problem with, uh, you know, a change of use and then suddenly we open it up and say, hey, it's not a school anymore. We put a buffer in place. Is that is that going to, would that be problematic? I guess I'm, I'm having a little hard time following. So again, if, if you're saying if there's a buffer in place and uh, what isn't a school becomes a school, is that problematic? I, I'm suggesting that right now we don't, if you approve it without the buffer and strategically, if the school ceases to become a school and, and we're talking very precisely about a facility that's in existence right now that may not always be a school you could reinstate or at a later date a buffer if there was an opportunity to yeah. put further restriction on it that doesn't impact the area yeah. that you previously designated you you always have that opportunity to to re you know to amend the ordinance further if 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 it is uh, it becomes real problematic and and you know, for some reason, we're not able to enforce um, no retail sales at, uh, at a caregiver facility, and it becomes an, a real issue where we feel that it's necessary to to put that buffer in it. We could always amend the ordinance to do that. I don't necessarily it doesn't even necessarily have to be predicated upon yep. you know, that property no longer being a school. So we always have that opportunity. I uh, just uh, you know I think as long as we we enforce this ordinance as it's written, you know, you know, the signage, these aren't even going to have any sort of signage on them indicating that they're growth facilities. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, I think it's a pretty good ordinance as far as uh, being enforceable and being equitable. Um, so let's just, you always have that option. Yeah, yeah it's also, it, it's, um, oh, um, and I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, being obnoxious, but why not? Um, it's kind of like a, a what if, I'm hearing a what if we have the buffer, then somebody possibly could go after the city for uh, appearing to lock them out. And then I'm saying, what if 
somebody doesn't follow the ordinance and it looks like they're, you know, um, you know, distributing marijuana outside of the facility, you know, so it, it's, it's, and I guess the only thing I'd add on to that is is that if you're if they're if if we don't establish an area that is we would consider say desirable without some sort of change or, or allowance for some other location, it could continue to exist in a residential area where you could have in theory those same problems and without sort of the restrictions in place. So um, I'm sure there's probably a way to construct an ordinance that allows it in residential and uh, puts this other criteria behind it, but I'm not sure that that's it. And, and you could substitute residential, you could substitute uh, one of the other zoning categories um, as well for this. Um, one of the things that I think about with it being on 12 mile road is that it's not a highly public or trafficked area where we are where we would consider say versus say the village center where you're trying to draw um, traffic too. So if we're, con we're, we're considering it as there's the potential for it to be a nuisance, is it any more likely to be a nuisance than one of the other facilities that we'd be considering for that sort of a problem? Or is it more of a nuisance because it doesn't have a high traffic area and we're still talking about it because of its that 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 risk, you know, whether it's outside of a buffer or closer to a school, is that any worse of a of a of a, of a potential nuisance and an opportunity for um uh, uh for you know let's, let's say illegal activity. Um, I, I certainly would, I understand and, and from, I understand the perspective of if, if it's going to be a nuisance, I'd like that nuisance to be further away from school and, and, and I could support that. I, I'm just trying to figure out how to find a balance here uh, or how the city could find a balance here to uh, find a location so that it doesn't become a worse situation than, uh, uh, than you know how we're trying to control it right now so um, let me let me jump in here too just to give you a little bit more of my obnoxiousness of this evening um technically where you're talking about putting them on 12 mile it does back right up to a residential's uh backyard and i meant residential sorry a resident's backyard and we do have issues with people that are along 12 mile um, that have issues from those businesses interfering with their backyard. So how does that even, you know, how does that look? And, and, you know, and I will say, give you this other caveat, that's where I live. So that's why I'm not know what I'm talking about. Okay. So uh, how does that, you know, it's, it's a bunch of nuances to it. I just think that for me, again, I'll be done with it. I promise. I know people want to get back to your own life is, if you put the 500 foot buffer in it, I'll go for it. Not, I'm sorry, not sorry. Nope. I understand the position. So, and I'm not, I'm just trying to get all or a variety of angles at this on the table so that um, there's more food for thought. 
Well, I would be a terrible lawyer because I'm not going to convince you to uh, <laughs> trying to convince anyone to go with me. I'm just convinced. I mean, I'm just saying when someone sees this recording, when someone complains, you will hear yes. them very loudly that I said that there needed to be a buffer in place. And, and uh, I will feel good with my, I will sleep all right. Yeah. I don't know if there's a good place to be far enough away from a residential neighborhood in the in a community that is uh small as lathrop and that is as uh, neighborhood centric as lathrop is so it's 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 a it's a a, a, a narrow needle <laughs> i have a needle it is i think we've talked it through i would like to get to a vote please Councilwoman Stallings, if she had anything, seeing that everyone has had an opportunity to speak. Thank you, though. I know I'm. I'm. Um, I'm just thinking it through. Um, I'm just thinking it through. I, I really just still feel strongly about. Um, I feel strongly about the buffer for for the school system. So, but I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be objective in in hearing what what everybody's saying as well. And if you can go back and correct an ordinance, if it, uh, uh, you know, for you, uh, Scott, you had, a, you had a situation where you said we could go back and uh, work, rework the ordinance. You can also do the same thing if you find this to be a problem, uh, no buffer to be a problem, correct? Yeah, you can, can I mean, always, you, can, yeah. you can always amend an ordinance. Right. If, we can if always amend I mean, the ordinance. Okay. We, we do that. We do that a lot. Especially, we you know, as we work, we work through something and it, it uh, points out loopholes or, or mm -hmm. shortcomings in our ordinance. We're, we're constantly, they're, they're constantly evolving. So, mm -hmm. okay. If you were asking, so you're saying that, and, and I want to make sure I got this right, uh, Councilwoman, that you're saying if we put the buffer in, that we could always go in and amend it and take it out. Or do you meant the opposite way? No, I'm just saying, you know, the, the point was that, um, the point was is that it was the opposite, that if something that turned out to not work well, we would come back to the table and, and work out the ordinance, rework the ordinance. And so that's all I'm saying is that it, it works on both in both ways, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have to say though, if, if someone were to locate in a, in a an area that would otherwise be included in the buffer and we amend the ordinance and they're compliant with all other mm -hmm. everything else then they're, they're illegal non-conforming so we wouldn't be able to remove them after the fact unless it vacated and sat empty for a period of time anything else okay well, let's do the roll call roll call Councilmember Siddiqui? Yes. Councilmember Stallings? No. Councilmember Ferguson? Yes. Mayor Garrett? No. And Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Next on the um, for new businesses to schedule a public hearing for CDBG program year 2021-2022 on February 22, 2021. 
I don't think you need a <laughs> presentation on that. This is the annual public hearing, and this was an opportunity to schedule that so we can go ahead and get it posted. I had a question for you on this one. Um, was this also put in the South Coast Sun? No. To go in the Oakland Press. Yeah, I saw that it was in the Oakland Press. I was just wondering. I, you know, on my um, weekends and evenings, I peruse some um, <laughs> writing. Peruse some discussions. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that that was a question of why we are going to Oakland. Yeah, I, I, asked, I asked the same question today, so I'll let Cheryl answer. Yes, so the Oakland Press is less, less expensive as well as it gives us more flexibility in publishing. If we use the Southfield Sun, um, we have to have it in by Tuesday, otherwise it'll be in the next week's paper, which when we're dealing with some of these um, notices for public hearings doesn't allow us enough time. For um, explaining that, I appreciate it. So we don't have to do any approvals or anything on that, right? Okay, um, any public comment? Oh, we have, don't we have to make a motion for it? I thought you said you didn't have to do anything. Oh, you said that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have too much on my brain right now. You said you had to do a um, explanation of it. Yes, someone needs to make a motion. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll make a motion to schedule the 2021 Community Development Block Grant public hearing for February 22nd, 2021 at 7 p.m. Okay, it's been moved and second. Is there any um, further discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call, Council Member Stallings. Yes. Council Member Ferguson. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. And Council Member Siddiqui. Yes. Motion carried. Okay. Um, now we're up for uh, public comment if there's any or I will ask if anybody else wants to just say anything in parting um, anyone. All right, well then um, I'll take a motion to adjourn. Unless you don't want to adjourn and we can sit right here. <laughs> make a motion to adjourn. Second. All right. Well, thank you guys um, for the lively conversation. I hope you all have a very safe night. Be careful. And uh, hopefully we'll see everyone in sometime soon. Thank you guys.